to the Everybody Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Reno. Today we have Chad Prickett kicking off 2023 with us. Chad is a former goalkeeper from the University of Kentucky and is now the founder of Columbus Goalkeeper Academy. His passion for the position has made him the perfect person for me to talk to you about development for teenage goalkeepers, specifically the connection between three training environments. And you hear a lot about this in this podcast. We've got one, individual training, two, team practice, and three, games. Uh, although those three areas have a lot of nuance that we don't quite get to all the way, which includes um, the difference between coaching male and female goalkeepers, certain parts of the country, uh, certain styles of play within certain clubs. Uh, our main focus within this podcast was to just survey the entire country and how it approaches each of those three areas. Again, individual training, team practice, and games. Uh, and we will talk about why they're important, how we're connecting the three areas to one another, uh, and where we're currently succeeding and failing within each one. Uh, I thought about cutting the tail end of the recording as we deviate a little bit from the original topic, but to be honest, it was a great organic conversation centered on goalkeeping, so I kept it in there. All to say, here's Chad and I talking about goalkeeper development and the connection between the three training environments. Cutbacks and crosses from wide areas, and you know, this is something that's huge. Is the kids are like, yeah, like I really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that's that's massive too. Yeah, it goes a long ways when the kids, you know, I mean, it goes for anyone. When when someone is enjoying something, they typically absorb it more. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Well, Chad, here, we'll go ahead and hop into it. I, I probably need you to give a bit of an introduction for yourself. So anyone that's listening, um, give them a little bit. It doesn't have to be, you know, the entire resume, but give them a little bit of the rundown as far as kind of where you're working now and where you've been before this point. Perfect. So my name's Chad Prickett. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I run Columbus Goalkeeper Academy, um, and we've been doing that now for almost four years full time. Um, then, in addition to that, I work with Ohio Wesleyan University on both the men and women's side. Um, then Ohio Premier Soccer Club, which is you know Northwest Columbus. It's a great club. Um, they're affiliated with ECNL and all that. So I've been doing that for close to 15 years now. Mm. Um, playing, grew up in Georgia before moving to Ohio, halfway through my freshman year of high school. Um, I was super fortunate. I had a really, really good goalkeeper coach because I didn't know anything about the sport. Um, I grew up in a baseball family, um, but my goalkeeper coach, Chad Little down there, I think he's pretty well respected. Um, and, and it, it, that was, uh, night and day from becoming from just an athlete to understanding the game. Um, and then Ricky Wolf, uh, was my team coach, uh, which a lot of people are familiar with Josh Wolf, his brother. Um, and yeah, so I had some really good coaches there, moved up to Columbus. Uh, it was a different brand of the same sport. So then, uh. Yeah, adjusted to it, uh, and then end up going to the University of Kentucky to play soccer there. Then, yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about on the on the coaching side. It, it seems like, it, to, in my experience, it's pretty rare to meet someone who's continued to go down the goalkeeping side. It seems like a lot of goalkeeper coaches are trying to make the jump to, to being a head coach, which you know, fine enough. But it seems like you've been really enamored with the position. What what about it kind of trapped you into uh, staying with goalkeepers? It was, uh, I laughed and talking to some of my parents, like, how did you get into it? Well, at Kentucky, my dad had me on a budget 
and like you didn't play with my dad's budget it was what it was so uh i i got to training some local kids and i feel bad for them because i was so bad you know and um so that's that's how it started and then after college uh you know op who my sisters played for they reached out and um you know i just just kept learning and getting a little bit better um and then it was during COVID. It was funny. I was talking to Stan, you know, he asked, you know, what do you want to do next? And like, what's the goals? And, that, and I was like, you know, like, I just want to focus youth and youth only. Um, you know, I get, I, I scratched the itch working locally with Ohio Westland, working with some college kids that way. Um, then have like a bunch of the college kids that come back. Um, but as, as I've, gotten more involved in the youth stuff i think one of the things that I've, I've noticed is even doing a good job helping get some kids to higher levels i'm like i could i could do like significantly better than i than i'm doing right now and that's something um that's really really encouraging while being a little bit discouraging um but it's something that fuels me because i know like we can be a lot better than than what we're we're doing right now for the youth goalkeepers yeah, well, we'll hit on that a little bit here. So we'll I'll swing back to that. But I just just give listeners kind of a, a pathway here. So the goal with this is kind of talking with Chad is to kind of give an overview of developmental uh, with a position in the country. So there's a lot of really good stuff as far as like periodization when it comes to certain age groups. And that's not quite what we're going to be talking about today. We'll be talking more about like um, how is the individual training in the country going and you know, this is obviously with the caveat of, you know, Chad and I have only experienced what we've seen around us. So I'm not going to act like I understand what Montana, <laughs> their landscape looks like. However, I think we can look at the end product and kind of connect the dots backwards a good bit. So um, let's pick right back up there, Chad. So you, when you mentioned kind of the the stuff when you when you started as a, a goalkeeper coach, I mean, where were the areas you felt like you were succeeding and where were the areas you feel like looking back, like, man, I, I really wish I had kind of gone this route or done this instead? It's, it's like embarrassing to say, because when I started, uh, I would tell you I'm, I'm the best, <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah. like, like how many uh, people around the area have my playing resume. Um, then again, my goalkeeper coach growing up was really good. And, um, you know, so we we're pretty specific with uh, some some technical stuff, but it was a lot of mentality stuff. I mean, it was run through the wall type of mentality. Um, and looking back at it now, um, it, it's just, I look at the position in five phases, which you have your technical, tactical, uh, social, physical, and psychological. And I'm like, we hardly did anything, you know? Um, so now I think, uh, I have a lot more holistic approach. I mean, a, a simple example is like, we'd never had any communication in any drill we did. Um, and, and for me, that was my, in my opinion, my strength and, and as a goalkeeper playing, um, and that just blew me away. I'm like, I think it's the easiest way to prevent goals. And we didn't even do this in training. And, um, so now I think, uh, it's, there's a lot more thorough understanding and I'm technically I'm better with what I, uh, what I thought I did a good job at. And, and I think it's a lot more holistic. Yeah. Do you think that kind of process, I, I, and I think all you're saying is 
probably a similar arc for a lot of goalkeeper coaches. I think when they get in, there's a lot of eagerness and they're excited, which, you know, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, but there's certainly a lot of pauses that come with these young goalkeeper coaches that they remember having a good goalkeeper coach, or maybe they remember not having one and wishing they, you know, what they had picked up. And so, you know, I think there are some positives there, but I'm curious, you know, you think of kind of where you ended up now when it comes to individual training and what you're doing in those small sided environments. Do you think that was just something experience that had to happen for you to learn it? Or do you feel like they're like kind of the developmental for yourself as a coach was stunted a little bit for lack of resources or lack of connecting with other coaches? Um, I guess I'm curious on your arc, if you felt like you could have sped that up a little bit. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's both. Um, and I think it, it like from a developmental standpoint, it sounds goofy. Social media helped me a lot. And it wasn't watching all everybody's different videos that helped me figure out uh, who, in my opinion, I thought was pretty good. And then it allowed me to reach out to them. Um, so that was significant in establishing those relationships, having some conversations there. Um, and, and that was that was big as far as almost building like my goalkeeper group. Um, but then like when I was thinking when I was young, you know, what we what, what I strove for was a good session and what a good session looked like generally was very, very high intensity, some big saves, um, you know, and, and that's, that was, that was, that was it, you know, um, now I think we're a lot more strategic. Um, there's a development plan. There's a development pathway. Um, we're not working on breakaways until, uh, the kids have pretty good diving form. So I don't have to worry about injuries. Um, so it's strategic in how we're building. Um, and then there's a, there's a lot more things that we've turned over that I wasn't even addressing before. Um, then in addition to, you know, the change in the style of play, um, and then analytics, you know, for people like you and, and some of the, uh, what I call like the goalkeeper nerds, which I love, <laughs> you know, like, like from like a, a data standpoint, like we need to know uh, and we need to help these kids not just develop, but perform uh, because when they perform poorly, uh, similar to like what uh, Turner said in your quote, he, he gave up that bad goal and almost quit. You know, like uh, if these kids have a lot of bad performances, they don't want to do this, you know? So we do need to check both blocks. We need to develop them for the long term. We need to give them success and, and allow them to love the position too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, like that quote from Turner is really interesting to me because I, I feel like people kind of champion him a bit and say, wow, like, you know, there's all these other Matt Turners out there that they're just waiting to be discovered. And, you know, there's probably some element to that. You know, there's probably some kid who, you know, if given more resources, I mean, there's definitely kids out there who give more resources, they would have, you know, they'd climb up the ladder and they, you know, who knows what their potential is. I get that. Um, but obviously like, <laughs> That, you know, you look at any top country, you know, Brazil, Spain, Germany, like they're not banking on the Matt Turners. Um, they're they're on the front foot. They're you're putting their efforts here and there. Um, so, I, you know, I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts on when we look at you and I'll, I'll kind of give a range here. But if we look at like the teen years for both the um, men's and women's side. Where do you feel like certain areas in there are really being underdeserved? Because I feel like we've got this weird product of on the men's side, we have all these different goalkeepers coming out, very, very different, a lot of different opinions there. 
on the women's side, it feels like we have kind of one cohesive type of goalkeeper. That's not, I mean, that's, that's a big generalization, but we see, I feel like I'm seeing a lot more similarities as far as goalkeeping goes on the women's side, but on the men's side, it's just, everyone's going in different directions. So I guess I'm curious on kind of your end of where you've seen coaches, you know, who, who is, or what kind of demographic is being underserved um, when we kind of look at the landscape of youth soccer here? I mean, all of them, like all of the goalkeepers. Uh, and you could easily say uh, the MLS next could be the exception to the rule, but I'd argue there's no system in place. Um, you know, even for them, the one percenters, uh, what they went to Germany a handful of years ago, uh, what have they done since? I don't know. You know, did they adopt the German model? I bet you if you asked eight out of 10 of them, they'd say no. So they don't have a system in place. So what I'm getting at is we all have our own system, you know, and, and kind of like what I mentioned to you uh, on the phone the other day, uh, if you look in, you know, like I said, Columbus 15th biggest city in the country, we probably have four, maybe five good goalkeeper coaches. You know, and, and that's that's something when I say good goalkeeper coach, I mean, somebody that has been doing it for a long time um, that, you know, that if you send your kid to. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident I'm going to get a good product out of it. Um, and again, I think that is largely because there's no system in place. There's no guidance. There's no roadmap. Um, I think uh, it, it's interesting right now because. I talked to somebody the other day. It was like from a national team standpoint, we know on the female side, every national team goalkeeper going forward is going to come out of the ECNL. Uh, on the men's side, there's a high likely that's going to come out of the MLS next. You know, and that's that's uh, from a club structure, but like uh, it's interesting because there's nothing, again, from the goalkeeping standpoint. There's no true, we're pulling this direction. Yeah, they, you know, it does seem to, to feel like a lot of it's just kind of outsourced. So we go back to all these like eager young goalkeeper coaches who, you know, I, I don't want to speak for every single one of them, but I'm sure if they were given a little bit more responsibility, a little more can, can you know, able to connect, um, that they would step up because they want to get in. You know, they're eager, they're, they're hungry, they want to get in. And yeah, they're going to, you know, mess stuff up. You know, they, they're limited. I understand it. But we have all this kind of excitement, but it's everyone kind of king on their own island. And, from the yes. top, they, everything's just kind of outsourced to this very odd, clunky system of, well, we've got people that are excited over here and we've got people there, but like no one's, there's no like real roadmap, as you said, as far as like not only a player trajectory, but also um, just how to play. And so, you know, I think, <laughs> I guess I was trying to think of a way to kind of break it down a little bit, but I think your point of like everyone being under, underserved, like, you know, it's pretty spot on, to be honest. It is. And like, so I've been doing my uh, D license. I did that. Then I'm on my C now. And like just the structure in it, whether you like it uh, or you don't, but I, I've taken away multiple things uh, from a goalkeeper stamp, goalkeeping coach standpoint that I'm like, I'm adding this into, you know, our organization. And it, it's just like, so for me, like I feel really confident is like, um, you know, if there's if there's one structure in place that they put uh, some time and resources and we've got some tremendous people in this country that like I would be super eager for them uh, to teach some of this stuff or to structure it. Um, and I know I'd be very confident in 
and what they would produce, you know, but like some of those little details, not only do I think, Hey, I've done this for 15 years and it'd be a huge asset for me. But when I was out of college and I didn't know anything, I'm like, you know, that was a supercharger for development there. And, you know, we've got like three or four goalkeeper coaches on staff with us now. And like, I told them, I'm like, you guys, (laughs) you're lucky. My first seven, eight, nine years, it was me trying tons of stuff, you know, and getting feedback from the kids, um, going and watching some games. Um, There was a long, long uh, process where it was just getting a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, because there was very limited conversations for me to have with other goalkeeper people. Uh, I relied on the feedback from the kids. I was fortunate we had like most, most of the kids I train are smarter than me. So that's been a <laughs> tremendous resource. Yeah. And, and like, so I laugh, I like look at the structure from uh, U.S. soccer with their coaching licensing. And I'm like, man, I would love to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have one of those drills where in the middle of it, you realize you're in the middle of like a terrible session where like you, you had this in your head, you had it planned out perfectly. It was going to go. And then you get in there and you just, you're like, it's not after it's like in the middle of the session, you're like, man, this is all going the exact opposite way. And I guess I just have to like finish it up. But like, I, there were a number of those like very early on. I was just like, man, this is, but I, I didn't have any resources for myself. Really. It was kind of, you know, just you, in the trench. You know, the truth of that is when you're younger, you blame the kids. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, like, I've got no problem asking them, um, hey, what do we need to change to get this right? Yeah. You know, like our session last night, I was really, really happy with it. And, uh, you know, I just asked them, I'm like, uh, what, like, what do we tweak here? You know, and I think it's so important that we're asking them questions and getting them feed, getting feedback from them uh, for two reasons. One, like, you know, what are they thinking? You know, is their brain, um, you know, taking in what we're working on. And two, it's, it's showing like, I got confidence in them. And I think the, the showing you have confidence in them, uh, which that was one of the, the best quotes I heard from that video from Turner. Uh, he said that that summer when he went to did the PDL and the head coach and the goalkeeper coach, which I think that's huge. Uh, they put their, put their arms around him and they said, look, man, we think you're really, really, really good. And I was like, all right, that's huge for goalkeepers. And then his quote after this, I had a tremendous new confidence. The rest was history. It's like, you know, so the confidence in the in these kids, I think, is massive. And I think one of the things we're missing is that coming from both of us, you know, the goalkeeper coach as well as the coach and and those guys, those two being on the same page. Yeah. Well, that, that actually gives me a perfect transition, so I appreciate that. But, um, yeah, so, like, we have all these individual training sessions. We have all these goalkeeper coaches, and um, a lot of them aren't associated with the club. And if they are, then they're, you know, maybe associated with them for a little bit, and then they jump to another club. Or this is, you know, there's a lot of fluidity, mobility, and all that. Um, but, and ideally, how should kind of your individual goalkeeper sessions, whether it's one-on-one or kind of a small group, how should that connect with the team environment, whether that's the goalkeeper coach being tied to the team or not, you know, when it goes, when it comes from individual training, what needs to go into that with a thought of, Hey, this is going to connect to when they go to practice. Like the ideal world for me. And, and I think we're getting closer to this 
the ideal world is it's simple. The goalkeeper training, team training, and games are all connected. Um, and in order for them to be connected, I think there needs to be dialogue between the coach and the goalkeeper coach. Um, as much as I think or as, as goalkeeper coaches need to improve and there's a lot of room for us to improve, um, team coaches for me is, is uh, an area I think we need to improve on just some basic education for them um, because they don't have that. I mean, they, they don't have that. I, I, there is a time period where I get really, really frustrated with, with coaches. Um, and then I'm like, man, like, why not, why not try to help? Um, and kind of like we talked the other day is, you know, for our younger kids, like we'll provide uh, those coaches, hey, here, are, you know, three or five basic things I'm looking for you to coach on during practice and in a game. Um, so just providing some basic information with that, I, I, like that, I think is huge. Like, simple the younger kids staying connected uh, we want them every time they pass the ball to say time man on our turn so just to start programming some of the social habits there um, so nothing crazy um, but again getting back to the turner's quote like a coach uh believing in their goalkeeper i, I don't think a lot of head coaches realize how important that is um and the the role of the goalkeeper is if you make one mistake you can lose the game you know um and that that you know that'll break a lot of kids so just supporting them there and what that conversation looks like um no one's looking to make that mistake you know and i think so many coaches do not understand that which is <laughs> it's so simple right um and so their conversation after those mistakes i think is just a simple way for team coaches to uh, separate themselves from a lot of other team coaches in dealing with goalkeepers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember having a, uh, a couple of years ago, I was working with a club and one of the coaches in that club really wanted their goalkeeper to play like a high line to come clear away through balls and not necessarily possess, but just like play off their line. And um, to, their credit like it kind of fit the goalkeeper style of like being aggressive and so like you know I, I was okay with that and um but it was funny of like going out and, and having that conversation the, the next steps were like okay well like let's set up environments um but I can't really do that when we're doing goalkeeper lessons right like if it's me and two other goalkeepers we can't really work on you know playing a high line because it's only so many people we can have but when she slid back to the full team that was kind of the idea of like, okay, Hey, let's do this. But when they went back to the full team setup, it was kind of like, okay, keeper, go stay on your line. You know, like we're not going to work on this thing. But then when the games came, the coach was upset that the keeper's not doing this thing, but he had kind of trained her to just sit on her line. So it was, it was funny to me of hearing from this coach of like, Oh, I want her to do this, want her to do that. But she gets no real opportunity to practice that. And again, in individual training, there's only so many things you can work on, but you know, I, I think that's to your point, like the, the education, I think that's a big part of it. Like, Hey, if you want this to work then like you have to put time and effort into it. And I went on a tad bit of a tangent, but yeah, there's the education with the coach and then there's the relationship with the coach too, that I think is massive. Um, and it's tough. Like, you know, for example, in my Academy, like we've got kids from 15 and 20 different clubs. Uh, one thing I appreciate is like, if you want to call it a competitor club coach reached out the other day, Hey, here's what I'm seeing from the goalkeeper. Um, then I was able to offer some insight 
And like, for me, like it was a great phone call. He was super appreciative, awesome to deal with. Um, so like what I know is going forward, if I have a goalkeeper looking for a spot, like he's, he's somebody that, you know, I've seen that is good in working with goalkeepers. Um, but yeah, like, so one of the things we're talking about on our boys side is, um, the goalkeeper being a lot more involved in the attack from a distribution standpoint. Um, it just drives me nuts when they just play the center back all the time. <laughs> um, but like one thing that, that was really attractive. So we've got a new boys director, we have a new boy, uh, boys, technical director. And they're like, okay, what does that look like? Um, so it's something where, you know, if I work with the kids on that distribution and help them, um, you know, gain confidence in those tools, whether it be a drop kick, sideball, or throw, looking for the counter, and the team's not on the same page because they've never practiced it or ever talked about it, it doesn't work, right? And what I really appreciated from this conversation with those coaches was they're like, all right, yeah, let's do this. And, you know, that was just an idea I had for my 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 side, but it, it goes the opposite uh, or goes the other way too, where if they're like, hey, this is the style of play we're looking for, and, you know, that's like my, my college relationship is, hey, Chad, we're going to be playing as a team that does X, Y, and Z. Um, okay, coaches, here's what I'm thinking for, as far as preparation. And just those simple conversations, I think, could go a long way for us being on the same page. And I, I just think that's missed um, in 95% of clubs. I can go on and on about how I think it could get so much better. Um, I, I, like I mentioned, I spent one year, a year and a half with our girls side going to all games practices and then they're at goalkeeper training. Um, and that, that year, year and a half, the development from those kids was massive. Um, I think one thing that was huge for them at games, they felt like they had somebody that had their back on the sidelines, you know, and, you know, like, look, man, like the ECNL there, that league is getting so competitive on a girl side. Um, like our girls, I think we were like six in the country one year and fell down to 25th and next. Um, it's so competitive. So the coaches, they've got stress. The girls got stress. So just having somebody that's got your back and can have like a conversation with you rather than yelling, oh, you did this or that, I think goes a long way. And again, getting back to Turner, like in that interview, he brings up, you know, they, they put their arms around me and they said, we've got confidence in you. Those little things uh, with this position are massive. And that's like the big thing for me, for team coaches is understanding that piece, right? Like, yeah, can, you can get your message across to them. Be thoughtful in how you do that. Because if we're yelling and tearing them down, that impact is, uh, it, it's more significant, I think, with that position than so many others. And lastly, like a uh, good friend of mine, teammate at Kentucky, Andy Grudenbaum, when he was at the crew, I remember, you know, I, I was normal job. I'm talking to him and and I'm laughing because he's like, this position is 98% mental. And I'm laughing because this is a professional goalkeeper. And he's saying it's 98% mental, you know, and, and that's that's like the big thing. I think, uh, again, like, can we help teach our coaches? Uh, that side of that relationship with the goalkeeper. Yeah. And I think it would go a long way. 
Did you did you know Andy as the Hebrew hammer at uh, Kentucky? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when when he came to Columbus, I made sure that, that was getting pushed for him because good. he took a lot of pride in that. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think um I mean there definitely is so much that I mean I, I think you can extend it outside of just, you know, goalkeeping, but there's so much uh weight whenever authority communicates something to, you know, a subordinate, whether it's positive or negative. So in our world, what a coach does or doesn't communicate goes a long ways. And I can even think, I remember my senior year, I, you know, we played a game, we won one Oh, and the coach of the other team came over and shook my hand and said, Hey, like me on the match, like very good. And of course I'm feeling cloud nine. I'm, I feel great. And I go to my head coach, I'm kind of like puffing my chest up a little bit, but I, I say something like, Hey, do you have anything, you know, for me, you know, you know, just from the game. And I think I, what I was fishing for was just like a compliment essentially, and he said something like, hey, everything I would have told you, I told the goalkeeper coach, so go talk to him. And it was a very odd, like, kind of break of trust and a bit of like, oh, like, yes, you know, like you're communicating basically nothing to me. And that's actually like a negative. And so there you have examples across the board. But all in all, I mean, the, the Turner example is a great one. Of so how... you, did, you, you didn't feel valued in that situation yeah. after somebody else made you feel really good. Yeah, 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 which was odd because it was like the opposing head coach, you know, was opposite roles, you know. So, and like for me, that coach uh, doesn't realize or didn't realize the like the relationship you guys had because I know for a fact I'm the hardest coach on all my goalkeepers, that I'm going to be harder than uh, the team coach and all that stuff. But I, I like to think, man, and if I'm wrong on this, like, oh, but I like to think that I have that type of relationship with them, you know, and, and like that, that piece is so big, right? You know, where they know I'll go to war for them. Uh, if they need anything for me, I've got them. Uh, but it works both ways, right? You know, I want X, Y, Z from you. You know, today I want 100%, you know, and that's my 100, not your 100, you know? And that's, that's, that's like the piece where I don't think they get. And like, I think some of the, the team coaches, I think they really struggle with seeing that relationship with the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper coach uh, versus their relationship, you know? And, and like, yeah, that's, it's, that relationship piece is huge, man. It's huge. Cause I know exactly what you were thinking after that conversation with your coach. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was some choice words there. Um, yes, I, yes. Yeah, no. I and it's funny of like there definitely needs to be, you know, better education reaching to non goalkeeper coaches. However, that is a good example. And Turner as well is like, you don't really need education when it comes to like validating or relationships or connecting. They may not know all the little details, and you know, you and I are able to be harder on our goalkeepers than the head coach because we know all the little things we know hey actually that goal that like was hit at 100 miles an hour you actually could have saved it if you had done xyz or you know that save you had actually wasn't that great or hey that save you had that everyone missed amazing save you know we're able to kind of pick up on those details but you know you push that aside you know the relationship aspect of like if you and i don't have that then all the knowledge or all the little details we can pick up on are essentially useless um, because like they're not going to be able to pick up on any of it. I heard something great the other day from uh, Nick Saban and Nick Saban um, was 
lost lost a football game, which doesn't happen much. And one of the call in to a show, coach, I noticed you're not yelling in the boys, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and more or less, hey, have you lost your fire? And the 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 words he said, he said, we've been studying, you know, they've been studying and doing research on how kids best respond. And this is where Jill Lloyden is more elite than everybody is from education and how to educate kids so they absorb it the best way. But I loved hearing Nick Saban say, we've been studying. And what kids respond better to is if you take them to the side and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, not the yelling model um, that worked in the past. And that's, that's something for me, like being, you know, further into the process that I find unbelievably intriguing. And that's why anything Jill does, I'm, I'm glued to. And, and that for me, like, you know, the, the goalkeeper, again, this is what's tough is if they make a mistake, it's, it's the most frustrating mistake because often it leads to a goal, you know, and, and I get why coaches are emotional and upset and they yell. Um, but that's something where like, look, man, like we're, we're the, we're, we're the person that needs to be the role model, the example and the leader. Um, and that's an area too. Like, I, I think, you know, the Nick Sabins of the world and the Jill Lloydens of the world, they're doing research and studying how to get better there. Uh, so I don't expect all these team coaches to be doing that, you know, and that's where I'd love to see uh, U.S. soccer or somebody else help to create this model where we can kind of merge the goalkeeper coach, uh, the team training and the games and the team coach where we're more so on that same page. Because the thing I get a kick out of it and like, I feel it is the is the truth is as this game has evolved, the goalkeeper keeps getting more important. And, and I love that. I love that. You know, I, and, you know, getting us more involved and in playing with our feet. I love it. Um, you know, and I think, I think one of the bigger misses is from a social standpoint. Um, and you could see it in the kids that got it, but like that, the kid that is a true leader out there, it, it's a difference in a team being good and elite, you know? And I think that goalkeeper is the coach on the field. Uh, and that's why too, I think it's is massive. Like if we can get our coach, their, their best relationship, I think should be with the goalkeeper too. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been in that spot where something's happened in game or the goalkeeper's really messed up? And the head coach turns and looks at you as if it was like your responsibility. But that's always, it's always funny to me because it's like, one, obviously I didn't tell them to do that. But also, two, it's like part of the reason they're messing up is because like we haven't seen that like situation yet. And some of it like is crazy chaotic. Like you're not always going to be able to plan on everything. But some of it's like, um, you know, set pieces is a big one. It's like if we're not willing to commit time to like defending corners in practice and like when they get in the game, they're not going to know. And so, you know, you're, you're just sorry. You're just trying to fire me up, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, so that's something like uh, like our club. We've had conversations over with that over the last three years, because I've had those coaches that look at you like you know you just hit their dog. Yeah. Uh, you know, like <laughs> what are you doing? You're a horrible person. Um, and you know, then I've had those coaches too. Like I, I love. I've talked to Dan Ball about this. And uh, when he was with Matt at Iowa State and Bowling Green, he's like, no, Matt knows, you know, that 
people are going to make mistakes. It happens all the time in games. You know, he doesn't look over at me and discuss. And, and that's something with Matt, like, right away, it was like, he gets that, you know? And, and you know, specifically, you brought up, like, set pieces. And, and again, I think it brings up that relationship, the goalkeeper uh, and then the team uh, in training, where you have to train that to execute it in the games, Right. And everybody's got to be on the same page. And so often, if if you're if you're truthful and you go and watch a ton of youth games, the expectation is for the the goalkeeper to orchestrate all that, and it hasn't been practiced. You know. Now I find it really interesting in the college game. It's it's like it's like clockwork because you know I laugh. At, we got a girl at Penn State. She says they work on it uh, last ten minutes or fifteen minutes every practice. You know, it's because they value it because they know that's 40, 50 percent of goals potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I, you know, at different levels and obviously different parts of the country like that emphasis is and, and whether it was set pieces or anything else like the emphasis is going to vary. However, like I think at the end of the day, you know, whenever someone, you know, I'm sure you've had it at various points when someone who's for some reason now having to coach goalkeepers because they got thrown into it because they're a high school coach and they don't have anyone else. It's like that, like they'll ask you like, well, what should I work on? My answer is always like, well, whatever you're seeing in the games, like have them see that, you know, I, I think you can do all these fun hoops and hurdles, drills and whatever. But if you're preparing them for something that is, you know, fictional that, you know, doesn't really do them anything. So um, I think when it, when it comes to kind of the game element, and thinking of how like we're impacting our goalkeepers I you know I there is something kind of odd to me and I appreciate it but I think it's probably like not filling its capacity what it actually could be but I appreciate that when the goalkeeper gets out there there's a real sense of responsibility shift so by that I mean in practice it feels like the head coach you know they're pulling all the strings we're doing this is that and then when the game comes everyone kind of realizes like, okay, the coach is still there, but like now it's really on the players here. And you kind of see these goalkeepers typically like hit this make or break of like, well, I'm on the field. It's real now. And either I'm going to step up to this challenge. And, you know, at that point, the coach can't really do anything. You know, that's the goalkeeper kind of being the coach on the field, like you're talking about, or the goalkeeper kind of folds, which is kind of your litmus test if you should be a goalkeeper or not <laughs> but um that's one thing I, I really just thought was interesting I don't think it's quite by design when I look at it because I think ideally when you talk about those social psych you know psycho elements that should be something that's more incorporated on the team practice however I think when it comes to that game it's like it's almost like this feeling of like a train's coming through and it's that goalkeeper responsibility picking up that mantle and the coach is just like okay you know, whatever the goalkeeper's communicating, like we're we're gonna go with that because that's what it is. I don't think it's totally, totally by design, but there's something I appreciate I, that about it. There's something interesting, like from social. Um, I think social around 13 or 14 years old, you're gonna hear a coach say to a goalkeeper, "You need to communicate." You know, and typically in that season, they're gonna say it 15, 20 times, maybe more, right? And like, I've been, I've been one of those people that have done that too. And then I've had the conversation, here's what you need to do, or here's what you need to say. And we're, I think the social and the communication is just like diving. Like you need to be taught it and then you need to practice it. Um, and then, 
you know, we do that in goalkeeper training uh, to kind of get your training wheels where you feel pretty comfortable. Then can you take that over to your team training? And so where the relationship, in my opinion, would be ideal. Hey, coach, here are the six terms for your U11 goalkeeper uh, that we're asking them, you know, to be using on a consistent basis. Here's when we're looking for them. Um, this is what they mean. Um, and then, boom, the coach and team training, you know, could could be paying attention to that that one piece because, you know, I talked to a coach today, and I said, hey, when do you do you think much about when you're getting a training session together um, about the goalkeeper and the role they play? And you know, I said, like on the build out, um, and, and outside that, not not too much. So for me, it's like, can we provide them with some basics uh, for team training? This is what we're looking for you to execute. But another thing, too, is can we teach them how to train in team training? Um, you know, if you go back to the old, like, we're going to shoot 50 times on the goalkeeper. <laughs> um, often what you see is a goalkeeper in there uh, with an effort of around 50 to 60 percent, right? Because they, oh, they shot on me like 50 times, you know, they're just putting a leg out or whatever. So what I'm getting at, and this is like a general example is like, look, you're on for two, you're off for two, you know, or you're on for two, you're off for three. Um, can we be a hundred percent for a certain amount of them, uh, game like intensity? And then, yeah, take a break. Like you're not taking 50 shots in a row, you know? So what I'm getting at, and that's a, kind of a bad example, but like, can we teach them what training is like in team training? Um, what are their goals in team training? Because sometimes the, the team goal might be a little bit different uh, than what I'm trying to accomplish, you know? And, and that's something I'd love, uh, you know, for the coaches to say, hey, you know, today we're working on cutbacks and our runs and then, yeah, one touch finishes. Okay, great. Hey, goalkeeper, this is what I'm looking at from you or looking for you to do in this in this session. Um, but again, like, like it, it's tough to expect that from most coaches because there's no resources. There's no, there's nothing for them. You know, there's nothing. And, and unless I do it or you do it, um, it's not there, you know? And, and that's, that's, I would love, love for that to be there, but I'm not going to count on it. You know, I'm, I'm hearing U.S. soccer's in the process of getting their stuff together, you know? Yeah. You know, when did they shut that down? Was it 2005? Well, yeah, 05, they, they removed – well, they, they didn't replace the national goalkeeper director. I know they had some pre-COVID MLS goalkeeping, a licensed goalkeeper coach course that they kind of was like a soft start. But I think when – I mean, that was probably a year plus before COVID. Uh, so I don't think COVID really delayed it. I think they just did it one time and then it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Now, now I said something like early on that like excites me for the potential, uh, like when I look at this stuff, because yeah, like what's saying you or I can't get a good program in place and have those conversations with our team coaches. And the truth is this is a lot of coaches, uh, they coach because they enjoy working with the kids and, and all the different stuff. They love the game, but we're all competitive. So if we're providing anybody, if I provide you good information today, you're going to be willing to take that and add that to what you do. And that's something that, again, for me is really, really, really attractive is there's not a lot of good people 
um, that do what we do, which is goalkeeping. Um, if you say another field, accounting, account, like how, there's probably 500 good accountants here. So what I'm getting at there is we have the ability to have a very big impact in this position. Um, and I love to see like it, you know, us organized and, and more effective in, in helping not just the goalkeepers, but the coaches. And, and that's where I think that combination can make a big change. Yeah. You know, I, I use the accounting example. You know, you have all these accountants because there's like a clear pipeline pathway of like, do you want to be an accountant? Okay. Yes. Then like you go through these steps, these people teach you. I, I don't know what it takes to be an accountant, but I'm pretty confident like that's a process there. You know, for us, like it's what it's, is it? Yeah. What is it? But then also you think of like, well, think of like the goalkeeper. Like imagine if they didn't have any coaches at any point. Well, they're probably not going to be very good. Well, it's the same idea for the goalkeeper coach like if there's not any you know whether it's education or um ability to connect i mean a big thing of it is like someone above extending a hand down like that's like that's a big part of it um you know that it's hard to for in some sense you know i think it's easy for me to criticize a head coach who's like constantly joysticking this this and that but if they don't know any better then like, what do I, what can I really expect them to do? Like if they haven't really been taught how to coach or if I haven't been taught how to coach, like my development, their development's going to be stunted. What what you're saying, I, I agree with. And I think the impact of that is it shuts so many doors where, you know, instead of us having 50 good goalkeepers, we have 15, Um, you know, but like, like, just like the kids, again, I'm hard on them. Like, I'm not interested in your excuses. You know what I mean? And I have to have that mentality, too. Um, and I think that mentality in the long run is going to be what eventually helps to solve things, to make things better, you know? And, and like, yeah, like, I know U.S. soccer is not doing anything to help. I know and my network in Columbus is very limited. And, like, what I, what I talked to you about, like, I've got to spend a decent amount of money traveling across the country to be around different coaches um, in order to pick up one or two things, you know, and that, and that's typically what it is. It's typically one or two. It's not a whole lot of life-changing things unless I'm talking to Jill, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that, it's the unfortunate truth. Right. But again, it's like uh, uh, the thing that's really attractive about this position. Again, there's not a lot of people and what you notice. And when you talk to most goalkeeper people, there's a ton of passion in them, right? So, like, I feel really, really uh, good as far as where we are as goalkeeper coaches compared to back when I played, which I was born in 85. I'm 37. So, if you look at the number of quality goalkeeper coaches, I think it shot up significantly. So, when I look at, like, this stuff with um, Turner, you know, not starting until he's 16 and all this stuff, um, I, 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 that like, it's upsetting because it says to me, yeah, we've got no system in place and this is broken. Um, but I do also at the same time think there's a ton of positives. I mean, you think, I don't know, do, you grew up in Texas. Mm -hmm. Yep. So like how many good goalkeeper coaches were in Texas when you were growing up? Well, I don't know. That's, that's a hot, that's a hotbed too. Yeah. Well, I'll answer it another way. I had from, rec to three or four clubs I was on to high school to the two colleges I transferred one from to the other I had one goalkeeper coach through all of that 
Exactly. So. And that that's and that's dude, that's what I'm getting at. Like, and granted, like I had one really good youth goalkeeper coach when I lived in Georgia. At Kentucky, we did not have a goalkeeper coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Ohio, when I moved up here, we were we were unbelievably limited. Like I cho- trained with a couple people, and it just it wasn't it, you know. So when I said I think we have four or five good here now, I mean that that's big progress in that front. But yeah, I think uh, the coaches are making some really good progress. But like again, if we have a structure and a system in place, so we have a roadmap, so we're pulling the same direction. Um, like if we have this structure in place and I can say, Hey, Bill, I'm struggling with this piece. What do you think? Like, you know, we're, we're headed in the right direction, making self ourselves better in a more efficient manner, which, which is really attractive to, to me. Yeah. Now the academies, like one thing I love about the academy is I think they've got the closest thing to having the goalkeeper training, the team training and the games being all related together with the goalkeeper coach and the team coach. Um, and so like, I give them a huge pat on the back there and you're seeing these academies now have four or five goalkeeper coaches and staff, you know? So what I'm seeing is, okay, they, they see the value in this. And I do think, I, I think that they're willing to invest in it because they think they're going to be able to sell these kids at some point. Yeah, I think the dollar signs started popping up their eyeballs like on cartoons. You know, they they started to realize, oh, actually, we can we can sell these kids. Um, well, you, you kind of touched on a little bit there, but I, I'm curious on kind of solutions going forward as far as um, I, I think for me, there's probably two areas that I kind of want to dive into. One of them's on kind of the young goalkeeper coach um, who's, you know, picking up and, you know, so what can U.S. soccer do to help them? And then the other is someone who, as you said, you know, if you're going to go, you know, learn anything at this point, you know, like no one needs to, to teach you how to teach someone else how to catch a ball. Like there's a lot of the goalkeeping that like you've kind of figured out, you've picked up, but there's obviously always things to learn or maybe there's unique situations. So these people that have been in the system for a little bit longer that have kind of their style and their thing that they want to do, how can U.S. soccer help them? So let's talk on like that first group, you know, with these younger coaches what are like the big things you think, man, like if, you know, they had this in place, this would just kind of blow, blow up in the ceiling. So for me today, U.S. soccer can't help us with anything today from a goalkeeping standpoint. And uh, where I contradict myself in that, the, you know, going and getting your D or your C or whatever licenses, I think it has stuff in there where you can take over to your goalkeeping piece. Um, so if I'm uh, early, if I'm starting out coaching today, I don't mean to plug, but I'm joining the United Goalkeeper Alliance. You know, there's a hundred goalkeeper coaches there. Um, you know, you have college coaches to guys that are just starting out there. So for me, like having that network of coaches uh, is something where I can reach out and have conversations, but also they're doing presentations three times a month. You know, so I can hop on there and I can learn from those presentations. So as a young coach, I didn't have anything like that. Mm. You know, the YouTube, the Instagram, all that stuff wasn't there uh, when I first started coaching either to try to find like, hey, who are some people I can connect with? So U.S. soccer, I'd love to see them get something in place. I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, but again, I think I think there are more resources now than we've, we've ever had as a young coach. Do you, do you think that having a, a 
and I know there's more than an alliance, but having a place like Alliance, I guess my thought is, I wonder, I I don't think they're doing anything maliciously, of course, but I wonder if that's actually hurting things in the sense of like, um, that's an unofficial source that's like people are trying to, which I, I think in, in, a, in a good sense, it's like, yeah, there's information, but I think ideally that should be coming from the Federation. But the fact that we have someone that's unofficially, well, we're going to fill in because U S soccer isn't going to do it. And now, you know, I, and I don't, you know, again, I don't have any no, ill will against I, Alliance. <laughs> no, I, th I think it, I think it's a great point now. So I think there's two ways to look at it. One um, I would like, I would like to think that U S soccer would say, Hey, uh, we see this month, we see this amount of involvement with it. Yeah. We, 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 it's worth us, uh, from a financial standpoint to offer something to the goalkeeper coach community again. Um, the other piece too, for me is like, again, like I'm not holding my breath for U S soccer to get something together. Um, so in order for me to get better, like I, you know, I have to get better in order to help get, the, get these kids better. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, and it's a no brainer. I mean, it's an absolute no brainer. Um, you know, where it's, it's something where if you think there's coaches from all over the country, so I get to hear different opinions, um, on whatever they're doing. I also get to understand how they're running, whether it be their academy or their club goalkeeping piece, um, which, you know, like if you're a goalkeeper director, like, yeah, like, you know, how are you doing? Are you doing one hour sessions? Are you doing ECNL just training together? Are you training boys and girls together? You know, where are you having success there? A big thing for me, do we break it into groups, three different groups, or do we break it into two different groups? Um and, you know, and, and something I didn't think about before is like, I think there's four levels in youth development. And I think if we're very specific in what we do in each level, um, I think it makes the development more efficient. And also, I think it gives the kids a target, you know, like, hey, you achieved this, we're moving you on to the next spot, like, good job, you know. So that that's where I struggle. Like, man, I like, like U.S. soccer, I hope. Because and I'd love uh, with if Phil Wedding did it, or you know, I'd love if they brought Peter back. Which every time I see him at the International Goalkeeper Coaches Conference, I give him a hug. You know, um, yeah, he, he doesn't remember me, but I you know <laughs> I remember him. Um, and I tell him I, this is one thing I love. Uh, Peter uh, was a mentor to my goalkeeper coach, and. Peter created a it's drill. It's called repertoire, which is a great warm up. It's a great foundational warm up. And I told him, I said, Peter, we still do that probably once a week. And uh, he got a big smile on his face, and he's like, Well, when you see uh, Timmy or Nikki, make sure you tell them that, referring to you know Tim Howard and Nick Romando, which I'll never see them, you know. <laughs> but it, it, but like the thing that is so neat about our community and why I tell the story is because of how small it is. You know, and I think right now we have to reach out to, uh, you know, all these different coaches that have done a really good job, like your Peters and your Phils and your Jill and your Stan, um, because they're tremendous resources. And if you're a young coach, I'm telling you, that's I would, I'd be calling them. I'd be DMing them because um, they're a wealth of knowledge. And, and the thing that blew me away, uh, they're they're awesome. 
like great people. They enjoy being a resource and a tool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, what what do you think with? Yeah, you know, I I think I probably it's probably the same answer for both the groups as far as like the young and old coaches. I think it looks differently, but basically just someone above you to turn to and say like, hey, like, uh, what do you basically what you just said there? Like, what do you think? You know, like when I was first coaching there were a lot of moments where I was like, I don't really know, but I have literally no one to ask. So I'm going to go try. And that was a way of learning. But like, I think I could have saved myself a lot of headaches by um, just trying everything. (laughs) Um, But I think it's the same thing now. Like, of course, you and I are confident what we're doing. And I understand that. But there's still moments where, um, and it's getting more and more nuanced. But there's still moments where I have this question. And um, and sometimes it's really broad question of kind of this, this or that. And I definitely have found those people in my, you know, in my life that I can turn to and call, I can text, whatever, and say, Hey, like, what do you think about this? Um, I think ultimately something that probably would really behoove us soccer on top of all that is just having someone I can turn to and say, Hey, like I have this keeper that's legit. And they don't need to be with me anymore. They like, they need to like, or at the very least someone needs to be watching them. Like maybe they stay here, but like they need to get on a radar. But I think you ask any serious goalkeeper coach in the country, like they, there's a good chance. They probably have one that they really, really like. Um, I think the question I always come down to is like the level of MLS right now is what it is, whatever, but how many of the kids could reach that level with a, moderate amount of investment you know but they can't or you look on the women's side of like how many of those you know what is whatever the level of keeper goalkeeper position is at the nwsl how many of them can reach that level but aren't because of you know i'm not talking about like a, a car wreck or something i'm talking about like lack of investment or lack of a blueprint you know that's the thing i'm always kind of coming back to you you're hitting on something that's like it's funny my last bullet point here was identification and so, yeah, U.S. soccer from an identification standpoint, um, again, I'd love to see structure, um, you know, like I've had the conversations. It's like, oh, we'll send somebody out to them. Yeah. OK. Um, you know, and, and like, look, I get they're busy. I get uh, the resources might be limited or what have you. I don't know. Um, but it would be great to at least have a conversation with someone there, you know, Um but then for me, like that, that pathway stuff that like I'm running into it now where we've got potentially three kids going on to play professionally. Um, and the girl side, it's interesting because it's like, do you do the NWSL or do you go overseas? Um, again, what is great is just because we're such a small fraternity, we can reach out to some of those coaches in the NWSL and, you know, get an understanding Forget. I don't know how much they know about the international side, and you know, if you're if you're influencing a kid whatsoever, like yeah, what countries did they go to and all that stuff? I don't know, you know, and and it would be it'd be awesome if U.S. Soccer could help out there too. Uh, the boys' side's really interesting because it keeps growing and growing here. Um, there's so many different pathways. Uh, yeah, but that that's like. You know, there there is something there where it'd be like great to have some type of structure. And, you know, again, what it is, we're in the Wild West where 
we have to make phone calls to the folks that have been there before. Um, and typically, you know, we don't call one of them, we call three or four of them, you know? Uh, and it's like, we're figuring out on our own, just like what you were saying uh, with early goalkeeper training back in the day, right? We're trying stuff and all that. So uh, I think I think there's a entrepreneurial spirit to the goalkeeper coach, uh, which is I think part of the reason there's so many academies too. Because yeah, we have to try things and we have to learn and we have to get better. And look, if we're not passionate and driven, yeah, you're not going to be doing this, you know, because uh, so often your goalkeeper gets blamed rather than credit, you know. So it, it's it's the interesting part of the gig there where hopefully U.S. soccer comes through for us. I think they'll have a lot of people that are really excited to get on Um you know, and do those courses. But until then, it's like, yeah, we got to keep pushing and pulling and uh, making stuff happen for ourselves and our kids. Yeah. You know, I, I think ideally, you know, the the lack of like a, a goalkeeping identity and we haven't even touched on that, but a lot of people point Ooh. to that. And I, I understand that like, I mean, we could say a lot on it, but even if we bypass on that and just had a um, kind of a trackway for identification, um, that alone would move a lot. So I, I think back to my article on top drawer with, with Phil and Peter. And one of the things that really stuck out to me, I think I ended the article with it. Um, but Phil had said something about like, we don't need a goalkeeper director. We need like a goalkeeping team. And I, I, that really yes. kind of changed my mind on it. it was like, yeah, I mean, obviously we need a director, but the idea of like, you know, the director needs to have, you know, so many people that he can talk to that they can talk to. And then it just keeps going down, you know, like roots. So, um, you know, if we obviously an identity would be great, but push that aside, if we just had a pathway to like, so I could turn to someone and say, Hey, like I've got this keeper, but right now very, very difficult to do. And think about who's identifying our goalkeepers right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I know a lot of the goalkeeper coaches around the country. It's not them. Yep. You know? So. Yeah. Well, it's also done on, it, on it, a, it's on, it's done on a small sample size. So you have this camp or something, or, you know, they send in a video of a game where they saw him at a game, you know, and they say, oh, wow, like that person's yeah. good. It's like, well, okay, that's not, <laughs> you know, like you're pulling one, you know, data point out of millions, you know. And let's, let's be honest, to evaluate a kid thoroughly. Like I want three to four games, three to four practices and three to four goalkeeper sessions. And, and then I could, I could like, if a parent says, Hey, give me, you know, honest feedback. Like after that, I can give somebody something of value, you know? And I get like what we're talking about. There is 10 to 15 hours, you know, you know, and I could see, uh, I don't, I don't know if we have time to invest in it, but that's what I've worried about our women's side for the last five, 10, 15 years is, you know, they've tried to pump it all to one league and just recruit solely off that one league, you know, so which I think is that's not smart. But, yeah, with with the style across the country, um, look, we're different. You know, you said Germany, Spain, uh, well, Brazil, which I guess Brazil's really big. But like, I mean, like, look, like we're we're a melting pot. You know, I love uh, talking to my guys out in California. Um you know, some of those guys, they speak Spanish 90% of the time. You know, I've know 15 words in Spanish. My daughter knows more than me, right? 
So what we do and what we think is different. I love those conversations, you know, um, you know, the Eastern European style, like, like, you know, it, it's just, there's different styles and there's different, you know, and I think it's great. And yeah, I don't, do we say, Hey, there's one style in the U S and this is how we do it. I think that's a tough thing to decide. Um, you know, and, and I don't know if there's, if you can say there's a right or wrong, you know, like I get a kick out of like some of the training. I see the South American stuff, but I'll tell you what, those Brazilian goalkeepers are pretty good, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. that's, what's tough. I don't, that, that right there is, that's a monster for me. You know, and I don't, I, I, I don't have any, yeah, I don't even know how to add value to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, I think there's a big difference between what someone could say or what someone could write on a piece of paper and, and give an answer in that way versus the reality of, okay, how does this actually play out? Um, you know, even now, the way our our goalkeepers are ending up, I mean, I think on the women's side, like I said earlier, there's a more cohesive look there that they're typically what? ending. Oh, go ahead. How would you describe that? Um, I think they're, it's, it's a lot of passiveness. Um, they're hanging back. Um, there's certainly a like size and power component that they want. So you look on the men's side, you know, MLS has had a number of short keepers, quote unquote short, um, that have done well for themselves. But on the women's side, they're trending more and more to these five, eight plus keepers whose game is built on power and not, um, so much mobility. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, Fallon may be one of the few, but how many, how many keepers on the men's side can you point to and say, wow, they're really fast off their line, like actually athletically fast versus the women's game, which I'd have to really think through of like, it's a lot of them want to sit deep and, and play big. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with that. So, and, and like, like my style and getting back to style, that's not my style. You know, and like I had a conversation with Sergio about that. He had one of our girls uh, down in Louisville and she sent me a clip. What do you think I should have done there? I'm like, you should have crushed her. You know, it came through with hands. Yeah. Uh, you know, worst case scenario, you didn't get there. You're, you're six inches away. She's hitting it right into you. And it was interesting. Sergio's prospectus was dropped back there, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So and, and that's like I've had multiple conversations there and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly where it's. Yeah, stay back, react, um, you know, be explosive, like you said. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's interesting though. And and like and and it's I think it's really interesting that that is the style, you know, because like I'm I think us as goalkeeper coaches, we all have significantly different styles. So yeah, to to funnel it down into that, you know, I, I think it's interesting and it's something that we have to learn from, you know. Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, a lot of the do's and don'ts for goalkeeping in America are typically set by like tall men who are six. I mean, I, I'm six, three, I get it. But the reality is like, I've got a keeper right now who's five, five in the college game. Like it's not fair for me to coach her as if, you know, she's me, you know, like there's stuff that she can't do that I could, but also vice versa. Like there's stuff she does every practice. I'm like, wow, I, never would have been able to do that um but i think you look in the women's game like i mean i don't i don't know how many female goalkeeper coaches we have there's very very few i know that 
but I also know that like what's being expected of you know a goalkeeper to challenge for the women's national team here is going to look a lot like an Alyssa Nair, is going to look a lot like a Campbell, um, Casey Murphy. You know, you can throw a Bixby in there. Like, they have a certain look and a certain style. Um, and, like, you look at Matt Turner's game, like, he's a pretty passive keeper. But, like, it works yes. for him. And that's fine. You know, it worked for him. But, you know, what if, um, you know, what if the the do's and don'ts were rewritten by goalkeepers like Nick Romando? You know, like, probably going to look a lot differently here in our country. Um, so obviously, yeah. And that's, I just think back my practice last night, our, uh, we have our oldest group of boys and the group below them, which are, I think, 07s. Um, and they're all like, you would call them undersized. The older age group, we have two boys that are 6'4", six, 6'5", six, range. Um, and those younger guys, I'm telling you, if I recorded that, you would have been so entertained watching them. Because the difference was with them is they go so hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go very, 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 very hard. And they're quietly super athletic, you know. And, and that mix right there, I think, does a lot for making up for size. Um, and when I say go hard, the decision-making was really good. They were ultra-competitive. So for you to get an inch on them, you earned that inch, you know. Um, whereas – you know, the complacency sometimes I see with the older kids or excuse me, the, the kids that are bigger, that they have the physical characteristics. It's like, it, you know, that's a killer trait, you know, just because you're checking off so many of these boxes there, uh, you get the benefit of the doubt, in my opinion, too often sometimes. And you see this with some of the college goalkeepers, you know, they were the U17 national goalkeeper. You look at them now and you're like, ooh, yeah. You know, and that, and that, that's, yeah. Now I got a question for you and I, and I don't mean to get off topic, but uh, again, getting into like Turner and the men's national team pool of goalkeepers, um, you know, the, the building out of the back and playing with feet, I think is massive for Greg Berthalter. Uh Do you feel those goalkeepers are equipped to do that? And do you think they're at, you know, at a high standard, you know, for us soccer with their feet? Well, I, I think I'll probably do it like a, I'll probably answer it from like a step removed and I'll swing back to it. But like to I, we certainly don't have a style on the field. So, I mean, as you well know, a goalkeeper's ability to play out of the back is largely dependent on everyone else doing their job. And so I, I think we've seen the U.S. struggle because there's not a I mean, you look at like Brazil, people have an expectation and knowledge of like, oh, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing if I'm in this position generally. But for us, like we don't really have that. And all these players are coming from really different clubs and they don't really have the same background. So, you know, I in some sense, I think our goalkeepers are kind of set to fail. I think you even look at Stefan, who people, he's kind of a polarizing character right now as far as just his talent, but also his distribution. Um, I think some of it's like, it's hard for him to play out of when like his teammates aren't setting him up for success. But you know, that said, like Johnson's probably the best with his feet of the three that's on the roster right now. But like, you know, Turner didn't get to Arsenal because he could like ping a ball so well, like he's adequate, you know, he can like, he's not going to kick in the goal, but you know, Horvath's the same way. Like they're not going to Johnson's maybe a little bit better, but even what he's doing is not as complex as like, you know, you look at like what Ederson, I mean, he's on a different stratosphere and I'm not, not just talking about 
him hitting a side ball at 80 yards, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. um, you know, I, th- I think the system's kind of more the problem for me, but, you know, I don't think the goalkeepers are probably what Berhalter wants at the end of the day, but, you know. So, and, and that, that like, brings up my question because, so I'm in, I, I focus solely on youth development, excuse me, youth development. And then I look and I say, those are our three or four examples. You know, and, and I get a kick out of it because it's like from the youth standpoint, like playing with the feet, building out of the back and all that stuff is emphasized. I mean, I want to call it hot buttons. It's stuff that's programmed into everybody now, right? So that's that's for me is sometimes I wonder, like, is that is that the most important thing? You know, is, is you know, and, and then getting back to, again, our conversation of it's goalkeeper training, uh, team training and games. Where's the responsibility? Um, who is it on and when should that stuff be happening? You know, and, and so I think uh, that's just an example of something that I think has fallen through the cracks. And, you know, at Phil's International Goalkeeper Conference thing, um, back when, uh, what's his name? Give me a second. He's with Southampton now. Um, but give me a second, I'll think of it. But anyways, back when he was with the Youth, Youth Academy, um, that was something I asked him. I was like, you know, so who whose role is that from a development standpoint? Well, they have their goalkeepers three times a week. And he's like, because of that, yeah, we're, we're responsible in, in helping them develop from that standpoint, you know. And, and that's where, like, our worlds are so different uh, across this country. You know, the academy, most of those academies, I think they've got goalkeepers four times a week. And now you're hearing they're going five times a week. You know, whereas I'm lucky within our club to get the kids one time a week, hopefully two, right? So it's the landscape there. And and that's where, again, I think U.S. soccer, I'd be interested to see what they would think from a a training standpoint. Would they say, hey, we recommend, you know, how many times a week? Because, like, if you look one time a week, you know, if you think about how often the season goes on, how many sessions is that? You know, and then, then again, like, for me being strategic in a development standpoint, am I spending uh, a third of my sessions with heavy focus on feet? Um, now, don't get me wrong. We try to add feet in uh, as much as possible, but I don't think it's super realistic, you know? And like I mentioned the other day, like a pass back and I play it out there, then my fifth over and what have you, that's not realistic in my opinion. You know, they have to have pressure. Um, they have to have stress. So it's, it's, it's something, yeah, it's, it's, it's something uh, I've been thinking about. Like if it's not that valued at that level, you know, what, it, what should it look like for us as goalkeeper trainers? Yeah. You know, the, to, the reality is we're not really incentivized at the youth level to work on it for a number of reasons, but like part of it's like, you know, really at any level, like I'm just going to pass on any of my goalkeepers, you know, I'm at George Washington now, like where they're going to go. Like, I don't, you know, if they went and played pro, like, I don't know where they're going, you know, like they're just going to go somewhere, you know, as opposed to like a more like a established club system where you're going to move up. But even, I mean, in your world, like where are they going to go after you, you know, like you don't know, they're going to go to someone and maybe they value that. Maybe they don't, maybe the thing you've worked really hard on, they don't care about at all. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, 
I, I think ultimately the answer to your question is like it falls on the goalkeeper, which I don't think is effective. You know, I don't think that's really the right route, but I think it's the reality of if a you know goalkeeper really wants to get better at whatever it is, whether it's distribution or something else, the responsibility is going to fall on them because, you know, even in the that's college true. game, like I have limited hour, I only get them five, six months out of the year, you know, like I can't, you know, so, and your world's different than mine. I get it, but you know, it's just funny to me of, we there's a lot of this kind of like outsourcing or just kind of throwing into the wind and be like well something's gonna work out it's like well you know <laughs> i um and, and, but bill you hit on something great is like what's the plan because i tell our kids all the time like Jen, if you can't hit these five balls that tells me you don't really care because kicking for me is something it's not hard and, and what I mean by like hard is me running a two minute mile or two miles under 12 minutes. That's hard. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not going to tax them or, or what have you. So it's just th- them getting some balls and practice the kicking piece. Right. So it, it's not hard, but now if I present that to them and they're aware of it, it's going to give them that opportunity, you know, to take care of that piece where so often that's not presented. You know, in like, this sounds crazy, but how many kids have you taught how to kick a soccer ball? I mean, at goalkeeper training, I mean, that's that's one of the, th- the things we do with the younger group because they don't know how to hit a driven ball. You know, all the kids, the plant foot's too close. They're hitting it too far on the outside. It's got all that side spin, right? Um, and, and like, and it, it's getting back to like, I just think from a developmental standpoint, if we have that plan in place, it's, it's just, it's so much easier for us as goalkeeper coaches. And like the thing that we haven't mentioned is parents, like, you know, like, like, Hey, how's Johnny doing this, that, the other, right. If we have something, a checklist for them, um, where they're just aware, at least, uh, you know, it, it, like there's so much value that not just for the parents, for the kids, but the coaches, Hey, I know you're busy. Uh, I go back to my checklist. Okay, Johnny. Yeah, we need we need to spend more work on more time on this. You know, and, and it's something. It's not that hard. You know, I think it just needs to be in place, and then it, it gives everybody a guide to pull in the same direction. Yeah. Well, then let's close on this. Then, if you could wave a magic wand to make your your life and your world, um, you know, when it comes to the the goalkeeping side, if you could make that more effective or better you know, what is, what is kind of the, the wand wave of like, man, if I could have this solution or this change, or if I could have this one piece or, you know, what is like the first thing you're you're drawn to? I mean, I would love for somebody else to uh, establish a roadmap and structure. Um, And again, like most of the kids I I work with, they're smarter than me. Um, So I know, there's a lot of coaches. I say that in that, like, I'm telling you, I've got kids that I train that are geniuses. You know, like it, it, these kids are so impressive, but um, you know, your Phil Weddings of the world, your, you know, again, your Jill Lloydens, your Stan Anderson's, you know, Chad Little, um, even my dude, David Winter. Like I would love uh, if somebody said, Hey, you guys are locked into a room and, you know, we're looking for you to create this pathway for our goalkeepers in the United States of America. And, um, and I would be on board. I'd raise my hand to sign up right away. 
Now, do I think that's going to happen? No. Um, you know, at some point, yes, it's got to, right? You know, and, and in the meantime, it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep talking and having conversations and learning and, and build my own, you know, where, again, like what I'm looking at building is four phases in the development. Uh, we're strategic from a technical, tactical, social, physical, psychological standpoint in that development. Um, you know, we're going to provide the kids and the parents with a roadmap. You know, at level one, this is what we're looking to address, level two, so on. Um, you know, and within that, I think there's got to be a classroom component. Um, that's that's one of the things growing up I always heard from the English is you guys are so far behind on a tactical standpoint. Well, I guess we can do that. Um, you know, and, and we'll create that roadmap. And within that roadmap is like, look, we're going to give stuff to, you know, the local coaches. And it's not just like our club, it's all of them you know, and provide them with some of the basic information on how they could be successful. And again, it has to be valuable. If it's not valuable, they won't care. Um, and provide them with some of that basic information to allow them to be better, you know, coach uh, coaches and dealing with the goalkeepers. So that that's, that's what I'm going to keep working on. And I'm going to hope uh, the smarter people get in a room here at some point.